Welcome to the Chasing Thoughts podcast. Chasing Thoughts was founded by strangers, two life coaches who met on TikTok and shared the desire to create a different kind of life coaching podcast. Instead of talking about how to do it right, the Chasing Thoughts podcast explores embracing our true essence to find a deeper sense of purpose and fulfillment. Life coaches Keith and Mindy take a unique approach that transcends popular notions of perpetual happiness and striving relentlessly to become one's ideal self. Listen in as Mindy, Keith, and their guests take a deep dive into their own minds and souls to investigate the beauty of imperfection, challenge their beliefs, and embrace the richness of living a truly authentic life. Hi, my name is Keith, and I'm a strategic interventionist and stoner-spirited life coach. Hi, my name is Mindy, and I am an authenticity empowerment coach. Welcome to Chasing Thoughts. Keith, so good to see you. How are you? I'm doing pretty good this morning. How are you doing? I am good as well. Yes. I'm really excited about our talk today. Yes, so am I. Yeah, there's been a lot going on. This is pretty cool. Yeah, it's interesting to me that two weeks ago, you and I talked about the comfort zone, and then both of us had comfort zone issues. And this is totally my experience of, you know, whether you want to call it the universe or God or whatever you call the magic that we can't explain. Yeah. When I touch it, it touches back. (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and it's incredible like how much (laughs) how far back it pushed you know like all right now that you know this stuff we're gonna we're gonna test you here um yeah yeah, it's been it's been crazy so how how how, tell me about your week (laughs) yes so um I think two things really came out of my week I actually told my husband all about what we talked about on our drive over to the wedding right after the podcast and the thought of just where am I not expanding my comfort zone at all? Like, where am I really stuck? Where is it small? And I realized that there's actually quite a few areas since my car accident that I just haven't pushed on. And these are more things like I used to work out all the time. I rode my bike everywhere. I was actually a certified personal trainer. Like I was in my body. And after my car accident, I didn't want to be in my body anymore. And so I don't do those kinds of things. And instead I have a lot of like soft blankets. And and so I think with exercising and with eating, I am just like comfort, comfort. And I think after the accident, like this idea of being in pain again was so unacceptable to me that I just wouldn't go there. Even if it was pain of like working out and getting fit, right? Even positive pain. And so I took some deeper looks at that. And then the other area is um, this sort of addiction that I have to being full of energy and energetic and productive and doing things in my life. And, and it's hard for me because the things I love all of them, right? I want to write all these blogs. I want to do all this, but I still need balance in my life and kind of 
starting to look at the pieces of that and looking at why I'm so afraid to rest and what that means to me. Because resting in some ways is outside of my comfort zone. Hmm. Yeah. That's like, pretty interesting. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, like anything, it's convoluted and it's nuanced. And this is how you do personal growth, right? You take the big ball of yarn and you go, okay, I'm going to pull on this string a little bit. Oh, no, that string stuck. I'm going to pull on this string a little. And slowly you unweave it and, and change happens. So I'm really grateful yeah. for our talk last, last uh, session, last episode. Tell me about how it showed up in your life the last two weeks. Um. So, all right. So the first part was I, I started doing um, acupuncture treatments and the first one I had was amazing. Like I literally felt, I felt stoned. Um, and I hadn't been on anything for like a day, you know, since prior to that. Um, but it just released all these like endorphins in my system. And I didn't realize that there's, there's an actual, like a treatment protocol for PTSD where it just floods your system with, um, what you call it? Endocrine. Yeah. Endocrines. Oh. Um, something like that. And, and you just, you feel amazing. Um, like I felt like I was just floating above the table. Um, not like, not really like an out of body experience, but so that was amazing. Then two days after it, I got this huge knot in my shoulder and I keep a lot of my stress up in my traps, up in my neck. And, um, it was even like hard to sleep. Like I couldn't position myself where I, I, I was comfortable because it would like tweak it and I'd get a headache and stuff. And then like two days later that went away. And then I started, I felt like I had the flu um, and the aches and pains have gone away, but I have this extreme fatigue that I've never felt in my life. And so I went yesterday for my second treatment and she said they, they call it like an acupuncture detox where it just releases years of trapped toxins from all of these chemicals of like negativity, you know, the um, uh, cortisol, the adrenaline, all this stuff that just gets trapped inside. And you so you just got to flush it out and it could take, could take a couple of treatments, two, three treatments before you finally get everything out. So I don't do good when I, when I don't feel well, like I really don't care about anything. I'm like, I'm not working. I'm not putting up video. I'm not doing anything. Like I'm just going back to my comfort zone, my naps, you know, and then like the wrong types of food, all, all this stuff. Like, like you said, not working out. Um, and so as I'm trying to push through that, I'm, I'm, I started to realize like, I'm, I'm trying to run before I, I can walk with the business, you know? So right when I started it, Website went up real fast. Um, socials went up real fast. Um, my own podcast thing, like just, you know, I'm doing it. And I hadn't, I hadn't gotten anything to the point where I wanted it, but I was doing all this other stuff as well, because, you know, you have to do everything in order to be successful. Um, so I tried to fix the website and, and I destroyed it. <laughs> um, like the homepage was just just a black page. It was, it was completely gone. And then when I got it back to what it was, the menu bar was missing and I didn't know enough to like figure it out. And, and then I felt like the only thing my business had become was doing social media posts. You know um, I wasn't moving ahead with my classes, you know, to further my education or anything like that. I wasn't um, 
putting together like presentations and, and things that I love doing. Everything was just posting because I'm just not good at it. So doing scheduling out posts for like a week um, will, will take me like two days, yeah. you know, to do the whole thing. Um, so I finally had to give that up to somebody else. Um, and that's like so far out of my comfort zone, because again, like I, I, I have to take care of everything, you know, and if I don't know how to do something, that means I failed, you know, so I've already like basically condemned all of this to failure because I supposedly failed in, in one, you know, in one instant where, um, earlier today I had a call with, um, the, the girl who's doing like the social medias for me now. And it's amazing. And it's so easy, you, you know, and I'm just like, this is all I have to do. And then I don't have to, and she's like, yeah, then you don't have to think about anything. I'm like, I'm an idiot. Like, why didn't I do this before? You know, but that comfort zone, that's where it becomes the prison, you know, and, and right outside of that, but stepping through it, that's where that freedom comes in. And even that freedom is, it can be scary, you know, yes. when you're not used to it. Yeah. Yeah. I really like your acupuncture story because I feel like that's every single instance of personal growth is going through the muck before you get to the other side. And I think that a lot of times personal growth and development is more challenging for really intelligent people because they're standing over here and they're like, no, I see the top of the hill. We're just, I'll just be there. Like, just let me get in the helicopter. I'll go there. And you're like, no, you have to go down into the forest. You have to lose your way. You have to get totally muddy. You have to go through the swamp and you have to climb all the way back. And that's the only way you get there. And it's really challenging to actually do it because it doesn't happen in the mind. It happens in the body and finding your way through that darkness so that you can really grow is challenging. And I mean, that's why I think, you know, life coaches, therapists, all those sort of helping professions are so key. If you get someone who really matches with you and will be your partner and be like, all right, come on, let's do this shit. Hold my hand. We're going to go through the swamp of despair. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 And I, I love that. Like finding somebody that you really match with, you know, um, and it just reminds me of like how this podcast was started just from seeing a couple of videos and, and then reaching out and, and now because we just vibed so well together now it is what it is, you yeah. know? So finding that person is so key. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so I think we've kind of thrown around the idea of talking about drugs and drug use today. And then I was kind of Googling, you know, some drug use history of drug use, cultural stuff. And what keep kept coming up is addiction. And I thought, oh, that's so funny. I'm trying to talk about drug use and what Google is talking about is addiction. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, hey, maybe we talk about addiction too, because like I'm experiencing right now, I'm addicted to a certain level of doing, of productivity, of going. And that addiction, I think addiction in any case, drugs or other, is not good, right? Yeah. And how easily we confuse the two. Um, so I thought maybe we could just start with like a little recap from both of us about what our relationship with illegal and legal drugs were from start to now. So for me, uh, I grew up in a family 
that was poor. There's a lot of alcoholism. And so I always thought that drug use was for losers. I mean, I had an uncle who like lived in the riverbed in LA, was homeless, right? Like real on the street type of stuff. Wow. So growing up, I was like, I'm never going to touch any of that stuff because losers do that stuff. And I don't want to be a loser. And then I met my husband, my current husband, and he knew all these incredible people, like so successful, so kind, and they all use tons of drugs. And I was like, well, wait a second here. Like it wasn't the drugs that made my previous experience, not the drugs that make somebody a loser. It's the choices, right? And so I started to, you know, experiment a little bit with using drugs. And I'm so grateful for my husband because I didn't want to do it in big groups. I didn't want to do it in parties. Right. And he really helped like lead me to be able to have some great experiences. Then I started using them for healing more. And I realized like, oh no, some of this is medicine. Like we're talking about it incorrectly. Right. Right. And, um, so that was kind of like my arc with illegal drugs with legal drugs. I think, um, like as far as mental health drugs, even though I was a mental health advocate and in the field, personally, I never wanted to take like an SSRI or an antidepressant, even though I struggled with depression and anxiety. And uh, then recently, uh, oh, I tried an SSRI once years ago, it made me feel crappy. And I was like, see, I was right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I tried a different one more recently and it helped tremendously. And so I am still on it right now. I'm on Lexapro and it's really helpful. And so for me that I'm going to stay on for a little while. And I think um, I'm still in sort of a learning phase about accepting that it could just be as simple as my brain not producing a certain chemical. And that's what the medication is doing for me. But there's this belief system still that like, I'll get well and go off of it. Right. And, and so I'm still sort of grappling with that piece of it. Um, I also have ADD. So, you know, I've tried Adderall, been on and off that for periods of focus in my life. I still don't know how I feel about that. Um, This month, September, I've decided to go totally sober um, besides Alexa Pro, but like no illegal or legal drugs just because I want to take a step back and really go, okay, how's this impacting me? And then choose things consciously instead of just out of habit and unconsciously. So September will be sober for me. And then uh, we'll see what I pick back up. I also think that in my life, drugs can be used for different times, like the incubation period when you're trying to do that growth and figure out like what's happening, where do I need to go? Great for that stage, right? Yeah. The integration period after you've had like some big learning, great for that stage. Sometimes if you're trying to tackle habit changes, not so great for that change. That might be like, and that's part of why I'm choosing Sober September too, because I'm like, I need to make some diet and exercise changes and drugs don't really help with that type of yeah. change, right? So kind of knowing when and how to use them. Um, I'll also mention that, um, uh, in my marriage, we've used a lot of 
ecstasy or molly or whatever you want to call it and i have found that to be a beautiful way to like drop the ego communicate heart to heart and again i would call it medicine i think everybody should do it in relationships because it just cuts right to the chase so that's kind of my like quick recap on thoughts on drug use what's your history so um first i, I want to say like i love the fact that you talk about how you're still grappling with some of this stuff because I, I think it is presented like Google, like you either are for or against, it's a black or white thing. Um, and then depending on where you are, like the other side is just wrong, you, you know, but it is a, a, a kind of um, a process that you have to go through to see where you fit into all that stuff. I, so I, I love that. Um, but for, for me, I, I grew up, um, drug, drug, same, same way. Drugs are for losers. But, um, my, my parents, they grew up with, with a lot of alcoholism in the family and they took us out of that. They moved us away from that side of the family. Um, then they, they found church and we, we got into this very strict religious church where anything like that was straight from Satan, you know, like they were, they would actually say it was a way to open up your mind so that demons can come in um which yeah which is like kind of scary when you're six years old but like I'm never doing drugs you know um as I got older I played around like I think I maybe smoked some uh some marijuana a couple of times but didn't really have access to anything um I think I, I tried acid once in high school and and like flipped out because like my teacher she had her glasses like up on her head and her head was down grading papers, but I swear she was looking right at me. And I was like, the guy that gave it to me, I was like, she knows, man, she knows, she knows. So I'm like, I didn't like that. Um, so I'm not going to do that again. I went straight paranoid. Um, now though, I've come full circle, you know? So I went through a, a time where I was on antidepressants and anti-anxieties and I, I loved, especially the anti-anxiety was uh, cl uh, clonopin uh, or clonazepam that I was on. Um, because it just made me feel completely numb. You know, I didn't, I didn't feel the effects that some people like talk about with, um, uh, what's the normal one, the real, um, no, not Lexapro. That's what you said. I have the one that comes like in the bars and stuff, the anti-anxiety. Oh, yeah. That Xanax. Yeah. Like I've heard some people like there's things you could do like, but I've never felt that way. I just, I just felt numb and I felt shut off and that was better than like this weird internal pain, like physical pain that I was feeling. Um, and then I was on some SSRIs and, and like the, the dosage kept going up and then wouldn't work. So I'd have to get off one, get on the, get on another one. A thing that I always found funny now at this point was how that's one of the things that's never sort of discussed that there is a detox to prescription meds as well. And sometimes it can be pretty bad yeah. um, and very hard to take. And in fact, even dangerous, the, the benzos are, are one of the, um, you know, like alcohol is, is, is a thing you can that can actually, you can die from detoxing off it. Um, and how that kind of coincide with addiction, how that is a part of like that, that sort of whole addiction, um, you know, bullet point there is. I always, I always found kind of interesting, you know? Um, so now I'm at a place where I did all that. I felt no help. I actually felt a lot number. Um, 
I did, I was on Prozac for about six, seven months and that, that helped. But then I felt like I was at a point where I want to try, you know, without it now. Um, and, and it's, it's worked, you know, but I would have no problem, like in a heartbeat, if I felt like I was going back to that place to get, to get back on it. So I felt like that helped me out a lot more. Um, on the illegal side of things, um, now, especially now um, I'm in Connecticut and they had, they, they've just opened it up recreationally, but I got my medical marijuana card and that had, excuse me, the, the biggest impact on me. Um, but it took me funnily, funnily enough, it took me about two years to get on it because, um, uh, my wife, Sandy was completely against it. Um, she, she had a lot of addiction, alcoholism and drug addiction in her family. So she's like, Nope, it'll, it'll never be in my house. Like that kind of like strong stance. So I researched it for about two years and slowly I would talk to her about it. And she finally said, all right, you can try it out you know, gave me that permission. She's like, okay, I'm okay with you trying it. And the effects were just amazing. You know, I was, I was calm, but I was still communicating with her. I wasn't just like this numb sort of ball of nothing that was, that was sitting there. I, I had some life in me. And the more I would find out about it, and the more I would, I would use it, the more she would start to encourage me to go use it, especially if she saw my anger coming out. She was like, well, why don't you go outside and, and smoke a little bit? Um, and now I've been using it for about five years and I've just opened up into, um, I would say within this last year into also using um, psilocybin, um, which is actually a, my primary care physician was the one that told me to get on that. She wanted me to do it through the VA. And when I went to the VA to see if I can get out of study, they just kind of laughed at me about it. Um, so I found my own way. And like you were saying about the ecstasy, like the, the ego just disappears, you know, all this stuff and all the insecurities and judgments that I put on myself now, um, when I'm on it, if that stuff comes up, there is no judgment at all. It, it feels like it's just a thing, you know, it's just a completely meaningless thing. And it shocks me how much power I give to that, that judgment that doesn't matter, you know? Um, and then when I, when I come off it, it's so funny how that judgment comes right back up and, and reclaims its throne, you know? Um, so I think with those, the, the biggest, the biggest thing I've learned with those is the intention that you go into with the use, like you were talking about, you know, it's great for like sometimes and it's not so great for other times. And that way, if you go in with the intention of this is going to be my fix, then it's, it's wrong. Like there, I don't believe mentally there is a drug for, for what we deal with most often that is going to fix it. Like, like there would be penicillin is going to fix like a virus or something, you know what I mean? Uh, but, but with the mental health aspect, I don't think that there's one thing that's going to fix it. I think it, I believe it has to come from an internal place and it can be done without those substances as well, prescription or recreational, whatever you want to call it, you know, but um, they are very powerful, strong medicines that I've, I've come to like more of that side of because it doesn't have as much of a demand um, physically on us that, that the prescription side does, but if if 
you fall in that in that cat where you need that, then yes, then you'd use what you need, you know, because what matters is the growth. What matters is 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 having life, not what we're taking or what we're not taking. You know, the all of it is just a tool. Yep. And so that's kind of like where I've come to now from it's gonna bring demons into my head to it's gonna it's gonna bring like enlightenment and, and everything, but it it all is everything works. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot with antidepressants, anti-anxiety, those types of drugs, I believe right now they're covering up the fact that as humans, we're not living the way we're supposed to in a way that is healthy for us. And I think that if we worked a reasonable amount of hours, if we worked outdoors, if we were living in tribes, if we like all the things that we need to feel whole and complete, we wouldn't need those. And I yeah. think that there's this huge epidemic, you know, rise in the use of those. And I mean, we really saw that during COVID, right? Those numbers shot up because people were alone because we don't have healthy structures in our lives for balance, for work, for cu culture, society, friendships, right? All that stuff's just lost. And um, I would actually say that it might be lost because we stopped doing drugs. Like if you look back through history, Drugs were used by humans until like the early 19th century is when they started to become like, you know, illegal and that sort of talk of like, it's a very recent yeah. and we have access to consciousness and growing our consciousness and being filled in our bodies. And then we stopped doing that. And then we got sick and now we're getting prescription drugs. Like it's a weird evolution of, um, use and, uh, yeah, I, I feel like what you said about, you know, weed and mushrooms, I also find them very, very helpful. And for me, I, I don't know how to describe it. I always say like, I feel out of my body. I don't feel grounded a lot of the time. And that could be because of like my neurodivergence or it could be partially my accident. But when I smoke weed, it helps me just come into yes. my body. Yes. And I just, I feel present. I feel fully myself. My thoughts aren't racing anymore. So I can communicate better with people. I'm not awkward and like it, it smooth is smooth things are over for me. So it's great. Like if I'm going to a social situation that I have social anxiety about a tiny bit of weed. Perfect. Yep. Yep. And I don't feel bad about that. Like that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's the strangest thing. So we've, we've made it okay to take a benzo, which can bring on early onset dementia. Um, coming off, it can be incredibly hazardous. And then weed, which has no known overdose level, um, is, is one of the safest and, and the efficacy of it, it goes back 5,000 years, you know, um, substances that are out there and this is bad and this is okay. You know, not only is it okay, but it's pushed, yeah. you know? And, and I, and I, I agree with you. I think a hundred percent it is, we are not living the way that we're supposed to be. I, I know a lot of people talk about, it. I know I, I don't ever want to sound like a particular, you know, group or so, you know, but sometimes I get into that. I'm just, you know, like we weren't, we, we've, we become cogs in a machine. Like our, our identity is what we do. 
you know, when we introduce ourselves to when we go, you know, to, to an event or something like, oh, what do you do? You know, oh, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, you know, and it's like, that's not who we are. Like, I am me. I'm not even Keith. Like, I'm beyond that, you know. Um, I am everything that encompasses me, but we bring our identity down to the one thing, you know, our 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 job, which we have to choose by the time we're 18. You know, um, and we have to start thinking about it like when we're 16, 17. And I I don't even know what I want to do now with my life, you know, much less when I'm 16, you know, but we put all this pressure and it starts from, you know, what, five years old and you start kindergarten and you're told to sit down, shut up, do what you're told, only what you're told and when you're told to do it, which gets you ready to move right into the workforce, you know, and then that just becomes every day is like Groundhog's Day. It's just the same thing over and over and over again. You know, one of the things we were talking about in the comfort zone, it goes back to um, a thing I read in Joe Dispenza's book where how our mind needs those new experiences and it helps create new neural pathways and it helps actually grow the mind, you know, and and the same experiences over and over has the opposite effect, things shrink, you know, so people get more miserable, more, more upset. And it's the same thing. And then that becomes a habitual emotional state that you're in that starts that, that, um, that the emotional habit starts dictating how you're going to feel. Yep. Yeah. I absolutely agree that I feel like they took away our drugs to make us fit in the system, right. Be capitalist and work in the factories and go to the school. And now they're giving us the drugs they want to control to keep us in the system, right? And it's all about making money. And it's disgusting. It's so disgusting. And I think there is a lot of people right now, especially the younger generation who are looking for a way out. Yes. And I think that like, as I know a lot of people when they, you know, hear the news and it can be really depressing, but I think that is like, the pillar of hope, right? There's a lot of people who are saying, nope, I don't think so. We're going back to a different way of living. And I think that's awesome. And I can't wait to see where that goes. And I hope that conscious drug use is a part of that because I think that will help us get there. Yeah. 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 I was listening to, um, you know, Graham Hancock, who is, you know, he's written books and done interviews about how drugs are our right as humans and how it's been taken away from us. And he was sharing about this culture, you know, some tiny little tribe where they actually give like infants, tiny little doses of ayahuasca. Like you get little doses from the very beginning because to them and their value system, having access to like your greater consciousness and, you know, is key to being a human in the world. So they would never, ever take that away. And you're, that's just part of how you grow up is using substances that help expand your consciousness. Yeah. And that's the reality, right? And I think it's important to talk about that drugs are made bad and shameful in our culture and that you don't have to buy it. Yeah. I mean, I hear, I've seen that a couple of times on like your TikTok videos where people will sort of attack you for smoking weed or something. And I'm like, wow, this is so fascinating because this isn't a person who's like, huh, this is my personal experience, right? This is a person who has just been fed this 
thing and they're just spouting it back out. And that's how so many of us work. We just, this is what I'm fed. I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to keep saying it to other people and judging other people. And if that changes, our world could drastically improve. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the, my favorite things from Sadhguru is when he talks about beliefs, putting us in a box. And like you said, when we're in that box, we don't have to think about it. You know, it's just whatever is told to us goes right through us and right out. And, and I think, especially in this day and age, you, you see kind of two, two sides, you know, um, where the side that you're supposed to like hate on all these young, young people and young man, I'm at that age now where I just said the, that word young people. Oh, uh, that's upsetting. Um, but, um, you know, you're supposed to like, just hate on them all like, oh, they don't like working anything, but they're waking up to like, they'll never be able to achieve what like my parents were able to just because of the disparity in, 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 in the money and all that stuff and pay and everything. And they're also waking up to there's other ways to make money in this day and age. And they're, and they're doing it. And in, in an incredible way, like seeing somebody convert a van or an old school bus into a how like, and living like off the grid, but having all modern technology and stuff from, so I'm like, I wish I had the courage to do something like that, you know? And then you have, which I, now my brain just went that way. Um, <laughs> and it was just like, oh, we don't need that anymore. So I don't know what the other side is anymore. Um, oh, the, the side that just sort of just keeps sort of shouting the, the party line at you. You know, this is what I was taught. So therefore this is what it is. Um, and that's something, even just from my days in church that, that I, I saw, like I would learn something, you know, taking a science class at school or something and be like, this is amazing. And they're like, so what God did it. Like, you know, it's not that God did it, you know, and just how you brush off truth because that's what belief tells you that that's one of the things like I learned is that truth does not matter. Belief is what matters, you know, cause people will look in, in the face of truth and just turn their back on it because that's just not what they believe. And no matter what you do, you're not going to get them to change. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny what you were just saying, I think applies to my situation right now, because I've had, you know, I, I was raised in, in poverty. And so I adopted a belief system that you work hard, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you get out. And that's exactly what I did, but I've worked, you know, 40, 50 hours a week, most of my life two jobs or work a job and have my own business or right hustle, hustle, hustle. And now I'm at a point in my life where I want to go the other direction. I want to have balance. I want my job to be like, I don't know, a third or a quarter of my life. I have my job and my family, I have my hobbies. I have, I have all right. I'm well balanced. Yeah. But when I say that, I might as well be telling myself that I want to like have a couple of unicorns that live in my yard. Like, I mean, it's so unbelievable to me because my belief system is so strong that if I don't work that hard, everything's going to fall apart. I'll be homeless this time next year. Right. And so I'm really pushing through that. And I think that's exactly what we're talking about on this cultural scale is our culture says, fear, 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 be afraid, be afraid, keep in the system, keep working, keep contributing. And to escape that, you've got to dig deep into some courage and flip the script. And, and it's challenging to do. And I think that drugs help with that. I don't know if you, um, 
I sent you somebody on Instagram. I think his it's soul of Jared, I think is his. Yeah. Dad. I started following him. Yeah. Oh, he's so great though. Cause that's exactly what he says. He goes, I started doing mushrooms every new and full moon, like yeah. intentionally, consciously as a compass to start guiding my life. And he goes, and after I started doing that, I couldn't just be a real estate agent. Like I couldn't just go do some kind of like in the box work because I saw that there was actually all this magic out here and this yeah. whole other reality. And, and so it became impossible for me just to work a nine to five. And it's like, yes, that's it. Right. That's how we flip the script. And so I think that I definitely have started using, um, I don't do it like new and full moon or every couple months, but when I start noticing that I am confused about where to go, kind of like you were describing actually with like your business, you're like, do I pull back here? Do I do that? I'll put aside an afternoon and I'll get my journals and I'll get like a sketchbook and all the things around me. And then I'll smoke a bunch of weed or I'll do weed and mushrooms or, and I will find my compass again so that I know where to go and what to do next. And when I do that, my life gets better and better and better. And when I don't do it, like the years that I've gotten so busy and like disassociated or disconnected from that, worse, 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 like having the ability to check in with yourself or check in with the universe. That's key. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny because where you're coming from that need to work where like I'm coming from the exact opposite. You know, I used to, I used to work hard. Um, (laughs) and then I got, when I became more and more and more afraid and more locked up to the point where, um, there, I would go months without leaving the house. You know, I stopped working because that's when I convinced myself that I'm just a failure. That's, that's who I am. That's my purpose in life. So now trying to, um, come out of that 20 year belief system and, and run a business and put in the work that, that is needed, like, like not let it take over my life. But um, in a way, it still did, because even though I wasn't doing the work I needed to do and putting the time in, um, it would consume my thoughts that I wasn't doing that, you know, and it would consume my emotions because every day was the same thing. I didn't do enough today. You know, I literally created this invisible boss that demanded everything from me and and I can never, um, never fulfill any of his wants. And I'm like, the dude's me. Like I'm an ass to myself, like what a jerk, you know? Um, and so when I start to feel that I'll do that, I'll, I'll, I'll step back. Um, and, and I'll go into the woods and with some mushrooms. And I just like, I think, um, what was it? A couple of weeks ago, I was just laying on a massive rock out in the middle of the woods off. Tra- I like going off trail. Um, and and just laying there for a few hours, you know, like a spider crawled across me and it fascinated me. I was talking to him for like 20 minutes as he made his way away. And that was like, for, for, for once, like, I feel like you were saying before connected to my body. And that's something that goes away so quick because trauma does that. And then society doesn't want you there, you know, um, because they want you producing and consuming, you know, and then everything is just some weird cycle. We got to go buy our food from the grocery stores and the food makes us sick. So then we got to go to the doctors and get the medicine and the medicine makes us sick. And, you know, and then the stuff that they're finding with, with um, hallucinogenics and mental health, here's something ayahuasca, you can take it once 
and people are are saying that they don't they're not depressed again you know and it just opens them up to that you know but that that's can't do that that's wrong you know the one one and done dose is is wrong but the every day multiple multiple that's the way to go you know yeah it's just it's all backwards it really is yeah ayahuasca i have not tried i would like to um i have friends locally here who do um you know ceremonies every quarter or year whatever their schedule is uh the experience sounds amazing but also yeah. scary yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a real control freak. So the idea of going and being in a ceremony with other people is intimidating to me. I'm an introvert, right? I often feel awkward, all those things. Uh, the other thing I'm interested in is ketamine treatments, which are the same sort of thing, right? You go, and I actually um, applied to be an integration coach with a company called Mindbloom, and they offer like at-home ketamine treatment. So you get your ketamine in the mail, and then you work with a coach through your ketamine sessions for like eight weeks. Oh, wow. And yeah, it's, I think it's a really neat program. The pay was really low, so I ended up not taking the job when they offered it to me because I wanted to spend my time doing other things, and that would have taken up too much time. But I loved the idea of it. And those are both things that I haven't tried, but would love to with intention when I feel the calling to, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm the same way with the ayahuasca. There, there's a place, I think in Florida, um, a church that that does it. Because I guess with a church, you can choose your sacrament. Hmm. Uh, you can choose one natural sacrament. And so they chose ayahuasca and they do things with vets. Um where they bring them through ayahuasca treatments. And I've, I've known a few people that went, went down there and did it and they absolutely love this and it changed their life. Um, I want to try ketamine. I want to try ecstasy. I've heard amazing things about that. Um, I, I think I like to stay like, I'm, I'm like, um, a drug vegan, you know, like I like to stay like completely natural, like no, I don't want any processing done. So um, so yeah, my go-tos are always the, the cannabis, um, which I still can't, all, all the laws that are, that they're based on today are all specifically, um, built off of racism, you know? And I mean, you could just Google Henry Anslinger and, and read some of the dude's quotes and how disgusting they are, you know? Um, and, and yeah, and, and just the psilocybin is just amazing, um, yeah, I'm so happy to see those things become more legal for medicine and for recreation. And yeah. I heard somebody say the funniest thing the other day. They said, I just want to congratulate drugs for winning the war on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Like when we were kids, we had dare, right? And like the whole, you know, fighting yeah. drugs. Well, it turns out drugs won. Now they're getting legalized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there is an awesome, awesome book. Um, for anybody that like wants to look into it called Chasing the Scream. Um, it's by a, um, a journalist who a friend of his died from an overdose. So he dove into understanding everything about drugs. Um, and it is so interesting because I would figure he would just be like, nope, they're wrong. They're dangerous. You know, I mean, at every level, but he comes to the, uh, the completely opposite conclusion uh, of how legalizing all drugs can be so beneficial, not only to um, people that deal with addiction, 
but also just to to society, you know, at large. And I, I think Portugal is one of the countries that did that and they've had enormous success with it. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a really interesting book. Yeah, I think that it's important to talk to people about how they do it, where they do it, right? Because there are bad drug experiences. There all are over, overdoses. There is lace drugs that are bad. Of course, all those things exist. But I think our response to that is to other it or make it bad, wrong, stop talking about it. And then that just can, gives it power. I know with my son, he's 20 now, um, we talked to him about drugs from the very beginning. And we always said like, yeah, if you want to, you know, do mushrooms or something, make sure you're in an environment that feels safe, right? That you're not at like some frat party where you... <laughs> you know, cause you're going to become open. It's going to make you open and whatever's around you could seep in. So take care with your environment. Here's the things about safety. And he has such a healthy relationship with drug and alcohol use now because we were just open and communicative about it and didn't make it bad or wrong. And we told him the things that were the important things to know. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things, I mean, if, if there's something to be nervous about there's something that is dangerous you want to know about it you know you don't want to hide everything and that was sort of like the stance like just say no it's just it's that simple you know and just push it away shut up don't worry about it just don't deal you know but it drove more i think more people to experiment with it and then when you had people like oh this is this stuff is amazing you know um like i i didn't realize like timothy leary was a, um, a harvard psychologist yeah you know? um I, you know, I just thought he was some, I've heard the name before, but I just thought he was some dude that was, you know, some hippie from the sixties or whatever, you know, but here's a guy from like the pinnacle of elitism, you know, like where smart cultured, you know, expert in his field, you know, and, and he's sitting there like on his deathbed doing LSD so that he can dictate what the experience is like while he's passing away. Like, wow would not think that, you know? Um, so yeah, there are, there are, I think so many benefits. Um, I think the thing that I watch out for myself, I'm very routine driven. Um, so it can easily become a part of my routine, you know, like where at night I normally spend my nights, um, I'll watch like a, a couple of shows or whatever, and I'll smoke a, I'll smoke a bowl, you know, cause Sandy, she goes to bed real early. Cause she's like up at four to work out and everything. And that's just against my religion, waking up at four in the morning. Um, so then it, it becomes like sort of this routine and then it loses its, the sacredness, you know, yeah. to it. Um, and especially with mushrooms, since mushrooms does connect me with, with my body and I feel whole and complete. Um, when I first started, I, I saw that there was this tendency to do it more and more and more. And I even looked into you know, if you can become addicted and, and neuroscience, what, what they know now, they say no. Um, but like, like gambling or whatever, porn, anything like that, it can become sort of that mental addiction, you know, and that that's sort of the line I draw on the sand. Like when I'm going to it because I need it, that's when I'm putting it down. You know, um, it's, it's going to be a, a sacred time for me you know, with myself and not, not something I'm just doing, you know, for shits and giggles, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the key with everything is you control it. It doesn't control you. 
right? So yeah, controls you watching too much TV, eating bad food, doing too many drugs, and the healthy ones exercising too much. People are addicted to exercise yeah. and go way overboard that way, right? Everything is balance and moderation. And I feel like right now, at least for me in my life, that is really what I'm trying to achieve. And what my goal is this next year is make whatever choices I need to make to achieve that balance. And that's frightening, right? Because it, that's not what the system tells us to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just like, just like your, your talks with your son, like these are the talks that I think people have to have more of, you wow. know, because we're, we're not pushed to enjoying life. We're pushed to work. Yes. Yes. You know, hustle, 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 you know, and especially now in this day and age of, of, of like courses, you know, um, there are so many great courses and I was so happy when I saw that your course is like filled up. I was like, yes. you know, I was so pumped. Um, but there are so many courses that teach us how to be something that we're not, you know, there's, there's courses like yours that teach us how to be who we are you know, um, and to shed little plug there, um, all, all, that's, all the stuff that makes us not who we are, but there's so many courses that tell us to become a character, you know, mm -hmm. to, to get into that fake it till you make it, um, mindset so that we can get something that, that we, that we're told that we want, you know, we don't need it, but you know, we have to have it or we're not success or anything. And, and these are the conversations that have to happen because it's terrifying, you know, stepping into something that is new when this is what you've done for so many years is terrible. I, I am, I've had more panic attacks because of this business. And I'm like, why? I love this stuff, you know? And then I get to this point where I don't love it anymore, you know, because it's just, it's a source of so much pain, yeah. you know? And then I think, but if I don't do it, what am I going to do? Go to, go to a grocery store and become like, a stalker for the rest of my life. Like that's not where I see my, you know, so if I fail at this, then I've, I've ruined my life, you know, and, and something that I used to love to do has become that sort of like seesaw, like, eh, am I going to do it? Or is that I screw myself over, you know, and none of that is true, yes. you know, but it's still, it consumes me. It's terrifying. Yes. And I would say using drugs to look at that terror. And I think this goes actually back to like when you're six years old and you're told that if you use drugs, you're going to let the demons in, right? Connecting with the really scary shit inside of us, whether it's our shadow side, our fears are right. Like there is um, so much power in making friends with those dark things inside of you and sitting and taking the time to look at them. And I think it's unfortunate that a lot of people th have a message that like, as soon as you feel that terror or that bad thing or that demon or that darkness run away, right? Yes. Because it's like, no, it's not a demon. It's something that is like clamoring for your love and attention. Yes. And how harmful that belief system is that when you see darkness, that it's bad or wrong. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the opposite of light and you know, we need both. Um, yeah. I'm reading a book right now called future tense and it's about anxiety 
And I was, I was like, ah, it was on like the coaching course I take. It was on like their recommended reading list. And I was like, ah, all right, just more about anxiety, you know? And it starts off like anxiety is good. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> it's a different message. Yeah. Like, it, no, they said the problem with anxiety is not anxiety. It, it's what we've learned to believe about anxiety, you know? And just like you were talking about, the darkness is is good, but we have this thing. No, I don't like that feeling. So we we trade the long-term goodness, you know, pleasure for, for the short-term pleasure, which ends up creating long-term pain. Um, and yeah, dr- drugs can help you through that because all my experience have been like, those are all the dumb judgments I put on myself that, just shut off, yeah. you know? Um, and it just, it feels so good in that time. And then you can get so much thinking and and reflecting done in those moments so that when you're not on them and that fear comes up, that belief of where you're going to be, you know, and the belief in what we are doing, yes. that is going to be the anchor that pulls us through that prison. Yeah. Yeah, I have always loved the concept of the alchemist, that I am an alchemist and that everything in its natural state is at rest or it's love or it's right. And so when something comes to me, a darkness, a hate, a regret, uh, right? And it's all, as the alchemist, I can pour my love and attention into it and bring it back to rest, right? And that is my personal experience with life too, right? That I have that power. And I think that power, consciousness, whatever you want to call it, is exactly what drugs get us in touch with. And the part that's been taken away from us, where we can transform whatever comes to us and be more in a state of presence and less in a state of avoidance of all these things that don't feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Who is it? Rockefeller that said that, um, we, we need a nation of workers, not a nation of thinkers, <laughs> you know, and I, like you said, from the beginning of time, drugs are, are what open people up, um, philosophy, religion, you know, I mean, it, it used to all be based around, around drugs. Yeah. Um, yeah. The ones that were then taught, you know, that we were taught were are, are illegal and, and the dangerous ones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a little bit ago, you reminded me when you're talking about like playing a character, there's this great like Jim Carrey bit where he talks about, he says, if you're depressed, depression is a message that your soul is not happy with the avatar you've created out in the world, that there's a disconnect there. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's just so simple. Yes, of course yeah. it is. I, this avatar, this character you're playing your soul's like, nope, I don't like that. And so depression settles out of that. And I thought that was such a beautiful way to look at it. Yeah, I I absolutely love that. Um, yeah, Jim Carrey is awesome. I love him. Yeah, he, it's uh, surprising what a beautiful spiritual being that he has become. And I love that even pop culture is like, you see people like Jim Carrey or lately Snoop Dogg has been just like killing it. I don't know if you saw his great little video where he got like a Hollywood square and he stood up for his speech and he goes, I just want to thank me. I want to thank me for showing up every day. I want to thank me for not giving into my fears. I want to thank me for continuing to work on my dreams. And I was like, 
fuck yeah, you do. Like we need more of that to be okay. That's mental health right there. (laughs) Like that's what everybody should be saying to themselves when they achieve something. I want to thank me for showing up and doing this. Yeah. Life is hard, man. (laughs) Yeah. It's in this day and age where, where things are at our fingertips with technology, you know, we're on, I mean, well, of course, I mean, we're on more prescription drugs than, than ever. Cause they didn't have them back, you know, <laughs> thousands of years ago or anything, but, you know, and even in, in the, in the, in the most advanced countries, that's where you see it the most, you know, you see more, more um, mental health medication use, like in, in countries like the U S Great Britain, stuff like that, than, than you do in more of the third world countries, you know, there's, we've gotten away from just the basis of it all. And that's what I love about specific substances is that they come from the earth and you can just grab them and take that and they're, they're good to go, you know? And it's, I see it as a way, especially with, with like mushrooms being um, connected with the mycelium network, you know, that the integral part of that whole network, I get to tap into the consciousness of the planet. Yes. Like that blows my mind you know, that I, I have that opportunity, you know, to tap into the, the, the consciousness of, of the entire planet. It's incredible. Yeah. And I think like the next growth of that, like if the more time you can spend in that belief system, then you can grow it. Like even with your business, I know that sometimes when I'm feeling down, like you're talking about uh, where I'm like, ah, I haven't signed a new client in a while, or I don't have as many as I want. I will think of exactly what you said. And I will be like, okay, like I'll do a meditation and like go souls who are out there who, right. Want to, who can benefit from this relationship, like find me. Right. And I'll prepare empty files in my filing cabinet. And I'll wait for people like with my heart connected to the network, knowing that in some way that I don't understand, right? Like you're, I'm connected to the trees. I'm connected to the souls. Like that there's another way to embrace this Then, yes, the marketing is important and getting online is important and all the things that we do. And also there's a magic network out there, right? That the, the most profound experience I've had um, on mushrooms is I, I saw like, so I, I was out in the woods where I normally do it. And um, there were some spider webs. And then I, I looked um, just off to a different like branch and there was just webs everywhere, but they weren't, they weren't spider webs. They, they weren't like, cause when I tried to grab them, they just sort of like moved around my fingers and everything. And as I started to notice them, I would look around and they were literally like everywhere was there was the amount of all these different strands was overwhelming like you couldn't see where one was and another was I mean it looked like they were all together but separate at the same time and I started thinking about how this is like all the strands of consciousness that are just out there connecting everything you know every emotion that we have is there's just this strand, you know? Um, so if I need love, I don't have to create it inside of myself. You know, of course we can with, with our own biochemistry, but there is this strand of just pure love that when we tap into, you know, when people respond on our videos or something like in a bad way, like I can just 
hit them with love because I don't need to get it for in order to give it because I have this endless supply just from the universe, you know, and, and by tapping into those, those little strands of consciousness, we, that's like how that whole vibrational thing like works, you know, I'm wondering, um, I'm, I'm playing with it, but my, my disbelief, I'm always reminding me there's a verse in the Bible where I think Jesus asked Peter if, if he believed and he was, and he said, yeah, I do believe, but help my unbelief. And I'm like, I feel like that's where I'm at. Like, I believe this is the way I believe and have faith that this is all true, you know, um, but that old conditioning is still there. And that's where all that fear comes from. You know, that those old beliefs of what if, you yeah. know, and it's that what if question that holds me back. Yeah. One of the verses that I always loved in the Bible was if you have faith, the size of a mustard seed, right? Yes. And I used to have a little necklace that was like a tiny little mustard seed in like a little uh, glass box, because I believe that's true, that it's not a lot of faith. And one of the ones I've been working on, like you're talking about connecting to love is connecting to abundance, right? That idea that, you know, I think that most of us live in a world of scarcity. There's not enough for everybody. Someone has to lose. We can't all win. If you don't work hard, you are not going to be able to feed yourself. And I've been questioning, is that really true? Yeah. You know, and really trying to put that, and my husband is too. And, you know, uh, we're both doing career changes right now and we're slowing down our lives and we're opening up to abundance and we're both terrified and we hold each other's hands at night. And then we go out and make more choices the next day because you only have one life to live, right? If you're not going to test it out in this life, you're never going to find out. Right. And and that's like another one of those thoughts that I I want to make it like a heartfelt belief is is there are no mistakes you know there's there's nothing bad and then my like my mind starts getting involved I'm like well you know if you kill someone that's bad yeah of course that's bad but what I what I mean is like when we we think bad things happen or or in my past this was bad but it all depends on the meaning we give it you know there might be bad aspects to it. But truth is like this, this sort of continuum, you know, I mean, there's different levels of experiences. And so while, you know, my experience with the military might've been bad, but it brought me to this point. And I, I am in love with learning this stuff and putting pieces together that I find from all these different places and sticking together to make like one cohesive thing. And then when people are like, I've never heard it like that before. I'm like, yeah, like, oh my God, it gets me so fired up. Like the joy. And that's a part when I feel connected to my body, you know, I'm just sort of realizing just now how much emotion, just thinking about it, I'm feeling like, that's the thing, you know, but we give that up so easy, you know, so that we can have the sure thing. Yeah. But yeah. And I think you and I have talked about channeling before. And I mean, there's channeling, like when people channel a specific being, but I also think there's just channeling, like when you're talking about like the love can come through me, right. There's just being in the space. And I know when that's why I love coaching, because when I'm working with the client, I don't even know what's happening for that hour. Like I'm not really thinking, I'm not trying to figure things out. It's just the space happening. Right. That's why I enjoy these conversations with you. And I think 
I want my whole life to be like, what do I need to eat? How much do I need to exercise? How much social time do I need to be in the space, the flow, the channel, whatever you want to call it the most? That's my whole goal right now. How many drugs do I need to take? How much sobriety do I need? Right. All of the key pieces just to be in that natural flow of magic. Do you, do you think that it's possible to sustain that balance? Or do you think that it's part of the balance to have these times that we're both in right now where like, I always call it my shame corner. Like I just want to curl up in a ball and go rock back and forth in my shame corner. You know? I think that, and I don't know is the first answer, right? But I'll tell you what I think. I don't know is the first answer. I think that, remembering and forgetting and growth and cocooning and butterflying and right. Like it, it has to be both. It's like yin yang symbol. Right. Yeah. But I think what changes is that the darkness, it's like the perspective, right? The mm. ocean is calm underneath all the waves. And so even when I'm going through the darkness, I have some perspective that it's part of this bigger journey and I'm actually on my way to someplace bigger and I'm grateful for it in the moment instead of being completely consumed by it and believing all of it's real. Well, you just kind of blew my mind a little bit. Um, that I think is so beautiful. Yeah. And it, it reminded me of, um, since I'm on my Joe Dispenza kick, he was talking about a blind person how the brain just doesn't like let dead real estate stay there. So a blind person doesn't use their, their visual cortex. However, um, their hearing and their, their sense of touch ends up taking up space within that visual cortex. And that's where they get the, you know, where their sense of smell is better. Their sense of hearing is better because more parts of the mind that aren't designed to process those senses are processing those senses. So it's, it's almost like learning how to see when you're walking through the darkness. Yes. Yes. That is, wow. That is so cool. Yes. And I think it, my experience is that a lot of that has to do with self-care. Cause when I look at times in my life, when I've been closer to that, it's been when my life's more balanced, when I feel healthier, then I'm able to access that space that has some perspective. Like this last week, this last week was really tough for me, but I wasn't lost in it, right? I was like, okay, I'm glad I'm going through this right now. I know this is part of my path to becoming the person that I wanna become. I'm uncomfortable, I'm tired, I'm gonna sit with this. But, you know, there wasn't the struggle of like, fuck, why am I uncomfortable? Right. That part of it was gone. And that the resistance and the struggle is most of the pain. (laughs) So the pain was still there, but the resistance and the struggle wasn't there. And I think that's sort of the difference is like, as you sort of cycle up and up and up, you can become better friends with the dark times and the confusing times and the lost times. That is, that is awesome. That was some deep stuff right there. I love that answer. I know. And on that, low close, deep thoughts. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That was great. Thank you for listening to the Chasing Thoughts podcast. Please support us by liking, subscribing, 
or leaving a review or comment. We would really appreciate it. If you'd like to be a guest, we would love to explore life and what it means to be human with you. Please email us at chasingthoughtspodcast at gmail.com.